Oh, yeah, it's episode 118. The boys have smashed out a 93-minute marathon like it was a jaunt-up Castle Hill. But we're through to a home prelim. Welcome to On The Ranch. I was just checking that I said that right. The way you were looking at me was like I said something wrong there. You got all croaky. I yeah, was just, I know. Oh, just getting all choked up, man. I'm getting old is what it is. <laughs> That's uh, Bucking Frog MC giving me crap from across the table. I am XR Bob on Twitter. The man to my right, it's Pistol Pete from On The Spot. Back for another week. As always, as always. And down the end of the table, Morgan Holmes Evans. I've just recovered after Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of those messages you were sending were... Um, Loose. I got a bit overexcited. Yeah, yeah, I kind of gathered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were all a little bit excited. Three piece feed on Sunday. <laughs> I wish five I did. piece street was. <laughs> no, no, I'm sticking to the diet. <laughs> That's impressive. After what you probably should have been eating. Yeah, after for that. sure. Yeah. yeah, something greasy. No, I got to stay fit in the uniforms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That Just bought a new jersey. He's got to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I got to make sure it fits. This is true. <laughs> That's the trouble. I've got an investment now. I have got to stick into it. Well, that's the regulars for the show, but uh, joining us this week, a veteran of 260 played games, uh, 63 coached games, played for the Raiders, the Roosters, the Tigers, and has coached the Warriors and, of course, the Cowboys, or he wouldn't be here, probably. It would be a bit weird, anyway. It would be definitely weird. Uh, But it's a big, massive welcome uh, to Todd Payton. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks for having me. Good good to get the head chief on the... Mm. <laughs> See, this is why we, we, we butter the coach up, and that way, then it's like you go back to team meetings and go, Right, boys, you've all got to some stage throughout your career here at the Cowboys, you've got to go on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one I minute mean, that's part of the thing. Some of the guys have said that one of the things you've brought along is to the boys is um, get more involved with the community if you can, if you've got the option, um, which is sort of something that I think I don't know if we've missed, but it's part of your philosophy to get. All of us involved as fans? Yeah, oh, I just think it's important that our guys see how much what we do means to the people around us. Um, I guess with everything that's gone on this past three years around COVID, we've been a little bit disconnected. And I guess outside of my charter as a football coach, the biggest challenge I had was reconnecting our whole football club. So, um you know, for two years, our players were living in a bubble. So they were at a facility, whether it was out at um, Willows or the new one. There was barricades up between us and the rest of the building. And, um, yeah, there was a disconnection from our playing group to the um, rest of the organisation. And then beyond that, it was between us and the community. So um, I've, I grew up in a small country town. I understand how important it is... Um, that, to have that community spirit and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about my first stint up here in Townsville is um, just how present we are in the community and how much um, you know rugby league and the Cowboys mean to not just Townsville but the surrounding regions north and south and, and west so yeah I think it's really important that our guys are out in the community and well behaved and um, doing the right things and um, doing our members and fans proud. Absolutely, and, and further to that, I don't think there have been any controversies up here in the last couple of years, so it's touch wood. I mean, we don't want to go. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But uh, might be one in, a, in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, for all the right reasons. Yeah. That's how, uh, we've got a. I said this at our um, our 
presentation ball last week. We've got a terrific bunch of men. I'm really proud of the quality of person in the group. And, yeah, like outside of you know playing football, we've got terrific young men who playing for our jersey and playing for our region means something to them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joy. They're a joy to coach. Um, I can see how much fun they're having from week to week and day to day. And um, that's because of the character within the group. And it's no surprise for me that um, that's a big reason why we're going so well. Definitely, from, from my own point of view, from you know being involved with the club for quite some time in the corporate side of the world, and you know getting to see the boys and interviewing them and stuff like that, it's probably been the best time I've had with the guys in the sense of is that very easily can have a joke, and and they all seem to get on so well with each other. I'm sure there's fractions at times, as there is with anyone when you're competing, you know, at a, at a top level and trying to give a hundred, hundred and ten percent, but. There's a lot of love between the boys where, you know, having been involved with the club for a long time, it wasn't as strong as I see it now. Yeah. Is that, you know, for you guys, I guess that's something that you've really strongly worked on? Yeah, I think it's happened pretty organically. I think Chad, you know, with his involvement at the club now, he's had a big impart, big, big um, emphasis on building a, a club and building the group and the connection. Um, and they're just, it's, it's you know, it's through playing golf, um, you know, they go for coffees. We're in each other's pockets quite a bit. And, um, so having some guys that have experienced what it's like at other places helps. And then if you look across the group, we've got a lot of kids that have been in our pathway system for a long time. So they know each other yeah. for, uh, you know, since they were 15, 16, and they've played in rep teams together, um, whether it's, you know, Northern or, you know, for Queensland in the, in the junior rep stuff. Um, yeah, and they, they they get enjoyment out of seeing each other do well and yeah, that connection is so important that's one thing I did learn at the Roosters uh, not the Roosters, the Warriors um, you know that time we're in the bubble was that you must enjoy what you're doing and obviously winning games helps but um, you have to have an enjoyment factor in why you turn up to work and um, you know we work them hard but we also okay if they have a laugh and um, you know they can take the piss out of me and they can take the piss out of each other quite regularly but when it's time to work it's time to work and you know when it's time to laugh we have a laugh so um, you know it's working well and again being happy is part of what we all do yeah yeah is that one of the uh, things that attracted you to come back as as head coach being that I mean you're at the Warriors and offered the full-time job there, turn that down. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you saw, could you see that we had a you know half-decent junior crew coming through and who we had in place at the time and that was sort of what attracted you to to, to want to be up here? It was part of part of the attraction for sure. Um, my main reason for wanting to come home was this is, this is our kids' home. Um, when we first got here, they were six, four and two and we did what, five years or four and a half years here. We had two years away and you know, now they're 13, 11 and 9 and they were so connected when we left and I didn't think it was going to be a bigger challenge as it was. We were all happy together over in New Zealand. We were. It's a great town. It's a great club. Um, well, it's not a town, it's a city. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew I was the only one that was thriving over there and... 
um, you know, taking them out, I thought, you know, at their age, they've just adapted really quickly and it just took a lot longer than what I thought. And in the end, you know, that along with my wife's father had some health issues um, at the time and um, in that pandemic period, you kind of worked out what was important for people in life. So um, I decided to turn the job down. It wasn't an easy decision because this job, you know, it was up for grabs, but in no way had anyone um, reached out. And when I reached out to a couple of people within the club, they played a very straight bat. And to be fair, no one really knows this. Peter Parr said, I said, Parry, I said, I've been offered a job here. Um, I know you guys haven't got a, a coach yet or started the process, but, you know, if you are in my shoes, what would you do? And he said, I would take, take the job. So yeah. um, I had a few sleepless nights once I turn it down, but um, in the end I kind of knew that I was doing it for the right reasons. And one way or another, we were coming back to Australia for family reasons. Um, whether I had to get a job somewhere else, um, you know, wife's father has come out the other side of his illness, which is great, but we were coming home for him. Yep, uh, That's great. That's you, good. You talk about Chad coming up as well. How quickly did he buy into the North Queensland lifestyle from a from a Shire boy or a Sydney big smoke boy to then uprooting, coming into 35-degree heat and buying into the playing group, knowing that he has to be the man and then galvanising that team that you talked about just before? Yeah, so part of the decision for us to, to change tact and go in Chad's direction was the fact that we knew that he'd lived abroad. You know, he'd been over in New Zealand for a couple of years playing for the Warriors. He took his wife over there with him. So we knew that um, leaving Sydney and being out of his comfort zone wasn't going to be a challenge. Um, since he got here, he formed a really quick and strong partnership with Drinky and Val. Obviously, he's played with Val a fair bit, but those three were thick as thieves and they were training every day. And they were you know, coming in early because they've all got kids, or the two of them have. Um, and then they'd go and play nine holes of golf. So... The external to that, some other players see, saw what they, were, what they were doing, so they were coming in and training, and then the group at golf got a little bit bigger, and it was just, just I guess that's how, where it started, and then um, other guys had jumped on the back of that. You know, Hesse's, Hesse was, Hesse's a great trainer, so he was quickly into the gym with those guys, and, he's, and he can hit a long ball too. Felt he's the same. Um, yeah, so it just grew from there, and then I guess what Chad has also provided, he's he thinks about life and footy a little bit differently. So he's got a lot of interests, you know, away from rugby league. He's got his own beer company. He um, has got his own YouTube channel. He, he vlogs a lot, and it's opened the guys' eyes around him too, which which I really like. I like our guys being um, open-minded and well-rounded and. I think that's what he's provided in different areas for some of our guys, for sure. You can definitely see that the <clears throat> the boys just thrive on you know that on the field, you know the little things. And I, I know you see it from time to times with other teams where they they'll start at the start of the season, every little thing they'll celebrate. But then as the season goes on, and I guess that probably comes down a little bit about whether things are going good or bad. But even when at the start of the season, when it wasn't the cleanest start compared to where the team is now, they were still getting in there and, and celebrating the little 
things to to rattle the other team and to but to rally themselves as well. And you know, from when the boys have been in here, they've said that that's you know got to do with Chad and stuff mm. like that, and and and, and that. So uh, you can definitely see that. I mean, everyone talks about who's the buyer of the season and this and that, but I know personally, I was excited when when Chad was signed with the club, you know, and and that I know all of us here are, are big fans of Chad, and you know, we call him Chadwick and <laughs> all that kind of stuff as well. You know, it's it just seems to be really fun to watch the team play now. You feel like you're you're in there with them, just getting excited, and they're getting excited too. Yeah, it's fun to coach. It is really fun to coach. Um, yeah, Chad has spoken numerous t- times about how important energy is, you know, in different moments of games. And, w- you know, when we're playing away, we've got 20,000, 25,000 fans that are cheering against us. So the only people that can drive the energy is the players on the field. So whether it's big moments, small moments, they need to be celebrated. And, yeah, it can have a po- really positive effect on what we do. And the opposition can sometimes, well, shit, these guys are... These guys are ready to go, um, and it can rattle rattle some teams. So um, I think the rest of the group, and particularly the leaders, have been really good around that. Hesse, Hesse's one of our spiritual energy guys on the park, and in a train, and he doesn't shut up. And ever ready, bunny, I hear. Yeah, um, he's good value. He's always he's got a couple of targets. He likes to target, but. It gets everyone laughing. Um, I think we could uh, name a few, yeah. having seen a few clips, but yeah. Tommy Gilbert's always got the music going. Yeah. Um, and then between those two, you know, there's some guys jumping in and out of that, but those two in particular are really leading the charge at training sessions. Do, do you think, like, I see other teams try to, you know, rally themselves and, you know, and you see stuff like that. But I guess, the, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see a lot of humbleness still in the boys in the sense of, as you know, they get excited when a try is scored and all that kind of stuff and there's a lot of love for each other when that happens, but they don't seem to go overboard um, where you see other teams, like I get really nervous watching when the Panthers score a try and they're jumping all over each other. And just, I'm just, in my head, just going, oh, there's an injury waiting to happen here. It's like... Game of buck buck. <laughs> I know Mus busted his nose on one game, but, it's, you know... Yeah. Well, I think our guys are pretty respectful. You know, they don't talk too much trash to the opposition. Um, sometimes I'd like them to be a little bit more assertive in that area, but we got we are who we are, right? So I can't try and make them someone they're not, but try and build on um, the strengths we have within the squad, and that's you know playing fast and playing high energy and you know moving the ball, and you know we've got so much strike across the park in speed and power and skill, so. Um, when we get it right, geez, we're we're good to watch and hard to stop. What did you give to Drinky in his water <laughs> after that? You know, the first couple of weeks, you know, because I, I I could only imagine how tough it would have been for you to select a squad, you know, with everyone playing so well, and you obviously at the start of the season are trying to work out the complete patterns of the team and stuff like that, you know, and and criticism, whatever you want to call it, from the media and all that kind of stuff. But then Drinky comes back into the team when when there's an injury and just has not looked back. Yep. I've learned along the way that players pick themselves. Um, you know, I may select them, or we may select them, but they actually pick themselves by what they do at training. And, um, you know, I've mentioned publicly that Drinky missed four or five weeks from Christmas onwards. 
and gave Tommy D the jump in at 5'8". And Tommy and Chad got more reps in and it was just smoother and, and Tommy was more consistent from day to day for the two weeks leading into round one. And we bo- we, we picked our best defensive team, um, which meant, you know, Drinky wasn't in there. You know, and that was a combination of, you know, defensive and his five weeks post-Christmas. So um, I've also said publicly that to Drinky's credit, he never kicked stones. He come and saw me or we had a conversation about the parts of his game he needed to fix or need to improve. And he didn't shy away from that. He, he, he grabbed the coaches, he grabbed players to do the extra work. And um, he got an opportunity in round five and it wasn't his preferred position. It was at fullback and he, and he made a difference straight away. Yep. And he's, he's gone from strength to strength. I thought the, the game he played on the weekend was the best I've seen him play. Absolutely outstanding, and you know some guys within our squad got you know a lot of credit, and Jason Pedahiku and our back five are great, Val. But some of the important touches and just the composure that he showed in those last few minutes. Um, there was a there was a scrum which led to Jason's try, and you know our three halves and Drinky and Val, uh, so Drinky, Chad, and Tommy D were sitting behind the scrum and just conversing and. They weren't in a rush. They were making sure that they were all on the same page and they peeled out of that um, and they put on a play which Drinky come up with two weeks ago um, that we practised maybe half a dozen times and he played it at speed, under pressure and come up with the right pass and Jay said it was in a yawning gap. Um, you know, two weeks ago we had a, a session where I put it back on the plays. We, we wanted to come up with some try-scoring plays and you know some were from scrums um you know we got some back rails that got some tremendous skill so i wanted them to think about some plays that would suit them and then we got some power through the middle too so some some try scoring plays from those guys and we split up into our little groups and then we come back together as a team and we run a couple of sequences and plays and i, I thought you know the players did a great job in that and we executed under pressure which was great do you do that often with the players, allowing them to sort of come up with – I mean, obviously they're the guys that are out on the field at times, and mm. I know there's a lot of heads-up footy going on, but heads-up footy for me only works with a handful of players that are in that conversation at the time, and then you're setting up a play like that. Like you said, you know, Drinky come up with that sort of play two weeks ago. Do you do that often, or is it a was it a spur-of-the-moment thing? Or? Um, I've been thinking about doing that one for a while, just leading in the finals. Um, we didn't want to – so we've got a few more – sequences and set plays up our sleeve but you know I was really itching to pull the trigger on a few with about a month to go but we kept our powder dry so hopefully we can execute them at the right time um, our, our our spine pretty much drive the way that we attack um, so at the start of the year we're giving out our, our, our spine we have a spine meeting and we as coaches put together a list and we we have a conversation first about the opposition we're, opposition we're playing and what they have seen anecdotally and then we look at some vision so some teams defend certain ways some teams have a right edge that defend differently to a left um, some guys or some teams or most teams will have targets through the middle whether it's a smaller body or a poor mover and we talk about that and how we're going to pull the team apart um, but we don't show any vision to the rest of the team. It's our, our game drivers that really um, deliver what we want onto the park. Um, and to be fair, we've come up with 
as coaches maybe three three sets, which is a, a tap set, a yardage tap set, a good ball tap set, um, and then a kickoff set. They're, they're probably some sequences that, that we've delivered to the players and there's a heap of variations in those. But anything outside of that, it's it's on the players and you know, we attack a little bit differently than most teams and that's because of it's it's driven by the players and they're playing to their strengths, which I, I really enjoy. Yeah. I don't want to delve too far because I'm you know, we're such a popular podcast and there'll be all the other teams that'll be listening to this, but <laughs> the long ball from the kickoffs and stuff like that, is that something that comes from you guys or is that just a spur of the moment players have seen how the defensive line's coming up off the kickoff and they've gone, let's get it wide and go from that side? Yeah, so that's that's probably they're the type of clips that the the coaches show to the spine and then yeah you know some some teams will have a half that'll kick off which means they've got a full back and a half not in the defensive line so it'll be short on that long side so if they're some teams like to be really shoulder to shoulder and chase the kick down too so there's another cue so yep. um we talk about eyes up footy we have a structure or, you know, pass of the field we want to get to. But then we talk about cues. So um, it's up to our spine players in particular, the emphasis on those guys to ID the cues. And it's usually, well, ruck speed's the best player in the game. We can have a million set plays, but if we've got a quick play of the ball, that's that's what we're after. So we want to be flat and fast off the back of that. Um, then we're looking for space. So if there's you know some big spaces in the ruck, we're going to challenge the ruck. And if there's space out the wide, so we want to get the ball out to that. And then there's faces. So you know if we 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 find um, a back rower and you know another middle, or if a back rower and a, and a half, then they complete the tackle. Then down the short side, you know a big body's got to get around the corner. We call it around the corner. So. You know, if there's someone that's not a great mover, we want to put him under pressure with you know some shape and movement around that. So, if you can get ruck speed, you know, spaces and faces in your favour, then it's going to be a try. You know, so yep. um, you know, in terms of the eyes up footy, I think it's a bit of a furphy, you know, type of saying. Um, it's reactionary to the cues that you know our our key players or playmakers need to to ID and. You know, another one, you know, when we're coming off a sideline, you know, if a winger's playing the ball and if we look up and if the foreman is right under the black dot or closer to the ruck, then we want to play long, like go coast to coast. So um, that's, yeah, that's the type of education that we had to put into them over, you know, the past 18 months. And, you know, Chad's been great in delivering a lot of those messages and Tommy Deedens and, and Drinky have... have gone from strength to strength um, and we've got some real sm- smart footballers across the team too I'm almost, so ready, to, I'm almost ready to strap my boots up now <laughs> I'm yeah. up <laughs> I should have got the notepad out <laughs> you, um, I'm already lost just you mentioned wanna, I was going to say you mentioned Tommy Dearden just how amazing has his year been um, you know getting into origin and you know coming from Brisbane and um, it, it just as a fan it just I just seem to be so proud of his rise as a coach I'm super proud of what not just myself, but our whole football department has been able to do, not just him, but a number of players. And we've got a number of players that are playing career best form. And Tommy, when he come, <coughs> sorry, he was um, he was a shadow of a person. Yep. He'd been kicked a pillar to post down there. 
um, he was really nervous about himself and um, you know, he was second guessing himself at training and what I did love about him was the way he, he went about his training he, he, he trained so hard he's super fit and playing rugby league means something to him so he doesn't take it for granted and what he's been able to achieve this year is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the way he attacked that third origin and the way he's responded from the back of that, like oh, I see him, he's walking a foot taller and he's got a smile on his face 80% of the time I see him. So yeah. even when he got kicked in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to be loving life right yeah, now. It's look, so he's, good to see. He's, a, mate, he's, a, yeah, he's, all, like, he's done so well to, to get to where he is now. It's on the back of hard work and um, it's the type of kid that we can build a club on. And we've got a number of those guys that are tough um, kids that have worked really hard to get to where they are. Ruben Cod is another one. Um, he's had what, shoulder reconstruction, he's had two knee reconstructions, he's had a Liz Frank reconstruction and he's had to work really hard. He's had some life challenges at a young age and you know didn't shy away from his rehab and... Um, we all knew he could be the player he is at the moment and he makes us such a better team because he's super fit and he's tough and when when it comes time to working hard for the mate next year, he's going to leave it all out in the park. So you know, Tom Gilbert's another. Um, you know, Hesse's come back to some good form the last 12 to 18 months. Um, you know, Murray Taolungi's playing origin. Oh, he's playing fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Did you see? Did you see everyone clicking this year? Sort of as as well as they have this year. Did I anticipate us? Did you think maybe in a couple of years' time we're really going to be sort of ready? Yeah, that is sort of this year. I've just sort of been on song. I'd be lying if I said I knew we'd be here. Yeah, but I believe that we had an abundance of talent. Yeah, yeah, an abundance of talent. It's just I guess the pre-season period we had to prove to the guys that they could do things physically that they've never been able to do before. And then, um, you know, we've been selling a message about playing the game the right way and um, it's not an easy way to play. It's it's percentage-based footy. You've got to put your front load, your effort in, in, in D for the first three plays. You've got to win tackles. You've got to kick pressure, kick chase um, and control the ball well. And it's physically tough. Like winning winning that way hurts, but it's, you win more games consistently we're in games consistently when you get it right. So um, getting that message across the team, it's become self-fulfilling. Like some wins early in the early parts of the season have just backed up what we've been trying to sell to the players for so long. And then it's just, I guess it's grown from there. So we've had to prove to themselves physically that they could do it. And then mentally, you know, by winning games off the back of... Um, playing the game properly so um, it's been an education piece which has come together a little bit quicker than I anticipated but you know I've also been involved in teams where when you th- get things moving in the right direction with the right people it can happen really just quickly. takes off yeah. yeah would you say that obviously like last season take the results out of it for now but was that a you know for me as a, as a, as a punter as, as a supporter of the club at the time it sucked mm. but being able to see that it's probably been a really, really big stepping stone for the club in the sense of is that a lot of these younger guys that we've just talked about 
have now had game experience under their belt, whether it was win-loss or in-between, but it's given them game experience and now they're in a situation where they're not going out there and having only played one or two games because of this and that and everything else. They've now got 10, 15, possibly more games under their belt as they come into this season when you've been able to now instil players into the club that you wanted in there. Yep. So last year we all got some tough lessons, some tough lessons. Um, We lost 10 in a row. We were the only team once once the competition locked down. We were the only team that were travelling. Everyone was in, else was in a bubble in Brisbane and, and, and Gold Coast. So we were having to charter in on game days, and it was a challenge. And you know, some days we'd leave at eight. The other days, you know, we'd get home at three in the morning. Our guys would have to get off the plane. Some guys were single and not living with anyone, so they'd get off and go home, and then come straight to work, and they couldn't. We weren't connected to anyone um, and it was difficult. And what I'm most proud of, if I look at some teams at the back end of this year, um, some of them gave up. And while we got pant- we got pantsed a few times, we never gave up last year. You know? So, um, And we made some long-term decisions with about seven rounds to go. Like there were some guys that, you know, Jeremiah got a, a game made his debut against the Tigers, I think, which was round 19 or 20. Yep. Um, Griffin Neem was the same. Big Red Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Big Drag. Fan favourite already. Um, you know, Healam got an extended period in first grade. You know, and there's some guys we left out of the team. So Frank Molo, we left him out. Um, Lachlan Burr, they're first graders. But we just made some long-term decisions around some experience and... Um, looking to the future and I think those decisions pay dividends, no doubt. There's no arguments from us, I can tell you that. None at all. Hey, we might get to some uh, subscriber questions if we can, if um, we can get through them. That'd be awesome. Alistair Horn has asked, uh, how much recovery time would you <coughs> give, do you give the team this week in particular? Yeah, so we've got a little bit of luxury, so we're not pushed for time. So if we had a got beat, we, 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 well, it was a tough, it was a tough trip. There's not a lot of flights going back and forth at the moment, so and there's a lot of delays. So if I put it in the context, we went a day early this week and we caught the midday flight um, direct to Sydney, but it got delayed. So it got delayed by two hours. We didn't get into Sydney till till really late. Um, fortunate that we went the day before, so it didn't upset the the rhythm of the players too much. Um, typically, we would travel down. We'd we'd do our captain's run early in the morning this is on the player's request so we give them some options the option is to train early and get on that early flight and get down there which is a 10 o'clock leave or 9.55 leave um, and then on the way home there's a direct Jetstar flight at 6.30 in the morning or yeah. the next yeah it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> and then the other options is you know we leave at I think it's 11 or 12 o'clock and you go via Brisbane you get home at 4.30 and put it to the players what they prefer to do, and they 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 want to get home. So we caught the we're on a bus at five a.m. and semi-finals kick off at eight. Got back to the hotel at twelve thirty. Everyone's a buzz. Sat in the team room. Um, we had a feed. By the time of the feed, and everyone sort of sits around, has a has a couple of quiet beers. It's one thirty in the morning. So some guys don't sleep 
because yeah. of that revved up and adrenaline and all that sort of stuff. Just yeah. drink through. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they, play, they play cards. They play cards, but the coaches drink through this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we got home. Um, we're home by 9.30, which was great, but I was cooked and I didn't play. So um, I can only imagine how the players have felt. And this week, because we don't have to rush into it, typically we would have trained today. Um, we're back tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Yep. So... If I look forward to our prelim, we play on the Friday night. We're going day on, day off up until we play. So what that does, it allows us to get a fair bit of work into them in our, in our sessions, but it also gives them time to recover with the day's rest. Um, we've got a, a cracking facility with you know, a, a recovery centre, which, um, which is first class, and that's probably had another positive effect on our connection because yep. you know if I look at the old facility and it, we had everything at the old facility that we could ask for when I told Dean Young our one of our assistants that we're actually moving out of here and he just come from St George he said we're moving out of this so it must have been much better than what he had at, at the Dragons so Jeez. anyway um I lost my train of thought but you know that new facility has been great because players you know are in on their days off all the time. They're in small groups. They're sitting in the saunas. They're sitting in the, the cold baths. And that's another part in the cafe as well. It's another thing that just builds the connections and the conversations within the group. And, um, yeah, it's we're very fortunate. Like, if I look across the league, we've got the best facility in the league for a town and a club that has 220,000 people. It's, I'm very grateful. And I know I love how much we punch above our weight as a club in a town. Yeah, sweet as. Uh, next question. Will you watch the Raiders v Eels game live or it doesn't matter and you just focus on our team? No, no. So we're having an open session on Friday and we're training. At, we'll be on the field at five. We'll probably do an hour, hour ten's work. Our players will have time to recover, providing them some food and we'll sit in the team theatre and, and watch it together. It's not compulsory, yep. but I'm pretty sure that 90% of them will be there. Know, so, yeah, we'll watch it. You could really sell tickets to this. <laughs> Open up the stadium, put it on the big screen. <laughs> Come and dine with the Cowboys as we watch Paraversi, uh Canberra. That's not a bad... 15 bucks a head. I'm there. <laughs> Sign me up. I like it. I like it indeed. Uh, how do you stay so calm in the box, other than the, the chewy, especially during that extra time and golden point? That's why I've got gum. <laughs> well, I, I don't like to sit still. I can't sit still, so I'm standing quite a bit. And I go through a fair bit of chewing gum um, and take my nervous energy out on that. Yeah. Well, I know that is one of the other questions, is how much you go through. Uh, one of the other ones was uh, how many pieces do you go through, which, to which um, I told them that should be packets. but Yeah, yeah. Um, I think about this the other day. So I reckon I would, you know, the tubs, you get the extra tubs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I buy five of them a week. And Jesus. Between my kids and the staff, I reckon I get taxed two of them and players. So I've got them, got two in my car and three at work. And yeah, <laughs> it's 25 bucks a week. How's that? <laughs> so just better than smoking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. A, it's a healthier habit than smoking. For the listeners out there, we've actually got. Some extra It's a new flavour too. We've That's got, got that a bit of kick in it, that one. Yeah. We've got Hubba Bubba. <laughs> is a connoisseur. Is a connoisseur. <laughs> we got the, we got the grape Hubba Bubba, Juicy Fruit PK. And five, five. Some five, what, yeah. whatever. What's your go-to out of those? Um, 
That one would be first thing in the morning after coffee. <laughs> Super strong. <laughs> um, the Clears the fruit, sinuses. Juicy fruit. Yeah, it's an old favourite. Yeah, um, about the old childhood. Yeah, more kids. They love that stuff. It's <laughs> rubbish. They can throw a whole lot in their mouth. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't last long. So I try and hide it in the car too, but they they seem to find it. <laughs> always the way. Have you ever had too much in there? And you're about to send an order down to the bench, and you're like, oh crap. Oh, got way too much chewing gum going. Accidentally swallowed a piece <laughs> or seven. It's fell out of the mouth once or twice. <laughs> yeah. uh, KJ Reid has asked, uh, what do these next two weeks look like for you? Uh, do you find the time to relax or is it all work and prep? I think this week has given us the beauty just to just take a, a, a chill pill, I guess. Um, we know we're going to play either para or... Raiders. 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 Um, You're old club. Come yeah, on, mate. You paid for it. Jesus. I know. Um, <coughs> Obviously, it wasn't good times. So, as coaches, we've got a little stockpile of both of those clubs already. Um, we'll watch the last couple of games and cut them up, but we're not pushed for time, which is good. So, today we had nine holes of golf as a coaching group. Um, and then tomorrow we've got a fair bit of work to do. Um, and we're day on, day off. So, this week, um, up until that game, will be a little slower. And once that game is finished, we'll need to download the vision and then we all sit down and cut it our own separate ways. We'll come together, we'll have a chat, put together a list for the spine um, and then go from there. So, you know, the, the 48 hours post the match on Friday will be pretty busy. And then, um, you know, we've planned out our training up until captain's run. So from that point of view, we're not chasing our tail, but it's probably the vision where we're going to have to um, just yeah, get ourselves together quickly after that match. With, um, with, with the coaching group, obviously yourself, head coach, and then Dean Young and, and Steve as well, you know, the boys have, when the boys have been here, they've talked about how Dean's very your defensive, mm. I guess, coordinator or the defensive yep. coach. Steve's role in the coaching? He's our attacking Tech coach, skills coach. Um, he's got a really good relationship with our spine, so he, he reviews the game with the spine players, whether it's as a group or as individuals, sometimes both. And, yeah, we've got a good dynamic. Um, I'd love to play poker with Dean because it's whatever he's thinking is written on his face, and if it's not <laughs> on his face, it's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> he knows what he wants, and he wants it quickly. Um George has been in the game for a long time. He's the most laid-back Greek person I've ever known <laughs> and nothing much phases him. Sometimes I would think he's got his speedos on on an island in Eos, just chilled. Yeah. Not much phases him. But when he does talk, he always is very um, succinct with what needs to be said or you know, he's very to the point and on the money. And then outside of that, we've got a guy that I went to school with, um, Benjamin Rowder. He played here, had a handful of games. And he's our pathways coach. He, he was a police officer for 30 years. He was in the cert part of the police arm. So special armed forces, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Very yeah. tough Jeez. man. Very yeah. tough man. He was pretty handy. You've got to be well put together to get through the training courses there. And he actually trained, trained the, the new cadets coming in for that. So... Um, he's doing a great job. He does our pathways. Um, and I kind of guess with Benny, underestimated how good he would be. You know, just being a policeman, you, you 
got to be a good communicator and what he's done with those young guys and the constant communication and um, making sure they're well looked after because it's a real challenge for those guys going back to the Q Cub clubs every week and you know the emotional drain and the physical toll that takes on them so some guys they train with us from Monday to Thursday they go back to their Q Cup clubs and do the captain's own which is on a Friday so some guys get on a plane and go to Mackay some guys will go to um, Cairns and then we've got some lucky few that just roll out the road and then from there they could go to Brisbane or wherever it is so um, it's a challenge for them to play consistent footy and to be fair we've got to have 22 named in our squad every week for COVID purposes and not of them get a lot of them are getting consistent footy so that again is an emotional and a challenge for him so he's doing a great job with him beauty uh luke henderson has asked in the most is the most underrated player in the squad reese robson uh he's passed a vow for the field goals best of the night slightly tipping lolo's 20 meter left to right cut out <laughs> just goes on a bit here. uh Jeez. not to mention him just breaking the club record for most tackles so reese robson is he the most underrated player yeah i would have him in the top three for sure you know he's got a bit of recognition this year through the origin period i think petahiku's gone unnoticed a fair but he does a lot of stuff for us at, at key moments he's an out and out footballer he's had what on the weekend he had 28 carries um, he's had the most carries i think for us or even across the competition so yeah, i think so yeah um you know his effort out of the backfield is, is awesome he's got great skill he put his winger away quite a bit um, through that great dummies as yeah. well and went through. Yeah, he'd be yep. a great Top Gun fighter pilot, just flying under the radar. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, got one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to get through a whole podcast without you just waffling some line like that. <laughs> you might not give it up, but Reese getting signed, re-signed soon. Or um, yeah. Our intentions to sign him, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Started the process, and then our last communication with Robbo and his management was, let's just put it on hold until we get through this final series. So that's where it's at at the moment. Yeah, sweet. With people like Robbo and Drinky, and well, maybe not Chad as much, but being younger New South Wales boys, is the homesick sort of, do they still want, I mean, Drinky's obviously re-signed till 27, but is that a, that lure of going back home as opposed to being isolated in the north, is that way on their minds um, a bit? Hard to comment individually. I know Robbo's from the North Coast and spent a few years there at the Dragons. So um, I know he's got a he's got a tight family who all live just south of the Gold Coast. Um, I know he's met a local girl from Mackay, and things are serious there. And she's a great girl. She's had a really good effect on him and his football. So look, with all of our guys coming off contract. You know, it's our job to create an environment that they want to stay, and I think we're doing a really good job at that. Um, you know, there's a cost of living that yes they need to think about. You know, if they go into Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane, cost of living is tenfold. Yeah. It's one argument we've made on here yeah. a few times. Yeah, yeah and, and it's our job to communicate that with their management and to the player themselves. Um, yeah, but they've also got to understand that. You know, if they want to play and compete at a good club, with you know, that we can we've we've laid the foundation to be um, competing for the top eight every year now. And um, if they want to do that, we're not going to be the highest bidder. 
that's a decision they need to be making and we want them to make decisions for the right reasons. You know? yeah. if, they, if they want top dollar, <coughs> I apologise, it's not going to be at our club, but we're going to be giving them the best competitive offer we can come up with. Yeah. Plus great facilities. Yeah, absolutely. Great kids, great coaching. Um, you best know, fans. Yeah. Yeah, best great fans. fans. Yeah, the weather, <laughs> apart from three months over the summer, mm. it's awesome. Which they're not playing in anyway. There's no so. traffic. Yeah. Good well, to train yeah. up Castle Hill in yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> I, like, so I like to hear that. No traffic. You yeah. hear that, Morgs? Yes. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that is the environment of the north as well. You know, you've got a you've got a reef that you can go out and catch reds on yeah. if you if you're that way inclined. That's right on your doorstep. And yeah. You know, I'd yeah. We got a we've got a hunting crew, we've got a fishing crew, and we've got a golfing crew. Big golf and crew. Yeah. The golfing crew's sort of taking over. <laughs> Hunting's dying and fishing it's Rely on the weather. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lifestyle up here that you can't have at any other club. And I I experience that. So, if I've lived in Sydney, right, if I want to go and do something with the family, it's a full day exercise no matter what we do, whether it's go to the beach or go and catch friends for a barbecue. Here, I can go and watch both, all three kids play sport on a Saturday morning. We can go down the strand for lunch and have a swim. And then I can go to a friend's place and have a barbecue in the afternoon. So, we can do things here that you can't do in yep. at other clubs. Yeah, that was an eye opener when I went down for that Souths game and mm. spent a week there because brother lives in Newcastle. We it was a yeah we went to Manly and three different trains, circular key ferry, yeah. cross the water just to get to Manly and you should drive. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you an hour, hour and a half to get to places, and then you've got to. Wanda Park, which is another mm. 25 minutes to 40 minutes, and, and then you cross your arm and a leg, and then, <laughs> and then you, you go and have a swim or whatever, and then you've got to do the whole thing getting home. So um, I guess I'm, I'm a small-town person, so yes. I enjoy my time in Sydney. It's a great place, and it's a great place to visit, but I have no intention of living there for a long time. Just on that, with your, with your upbringing, Tamora and everything, mm. my, my dad's from down that way as well. Hypothetical question, 10 years from now. Hmm. You're still the coach at the Cowboys, successful. The Blues are knocking and they want you to be the coach of the club, or the coach of the state. Hmm. At the same time, the young boy has made his way into playing first grade and is absolutely killing it <laughs> and can be selected for Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Coach Payton's coaching against his son playing <laughs> in origin. Can that, that's actually a hypothetical that can happen. It's a possibility, yeah. Or would you take the Blues job? Or do you think um, Queensland and being up here, would you... How long do you have to live in the state I, to switch allegiance? Yeah, no, I, I'm from New South Wales, so I'm a Blue, right? But I was the happiest New South Welshman this year's origin. And I've said that publicly and I've copped a bit of <laughs> backlash from a lot of my friends um, back home. and um, But, you know, I've got an emotional attachment to, to a lot of our kids that, yeah. Won the series, yep. so I told my mates to go and stick it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a game for them. This is my life, yeah. and that's that's what I've had to explain to a couple of my mates. And what about your kids? Have yeah, they, have they asked if they can play for they, if they do make it down that? that or you know, I guess they're they're the same as me. They they've said that they're from New South Wales, but I reckon they're slowly turning, particularly after this year. They've always liked winners, but because. Our, our boys are so great with my kids and all the kids. Like, I'll make that part important part of our club too. If we've got 
players got kids, you know, staff got kids. I want them in and around the facility as much as they can. You know, whether it's as long as they don't interrupt with what we're trying to do, they're, they're welcome. So we have a captain's run, or we, you know, we have family barbecues and all that sort of stuff. So I want one in all in. Everyone's, um, we're all in it together. So, um, yeah, look. Hopefully, he plays Origin. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. While you're coaching against no, him, no, I, I wouldn't. I would. I think it's 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 too difficult job. I think you have to be standalone to yeah. to do both. Yeah. yeah. With our um, young guys this year with Origin, do you think that's an amazing dress rehearsal for finals pressure? Yeah, yeah. Um, thinking before the game on the weekend, I looked at our squad. So I got magnets and I had the seventeen up on the board and. We only had three players that hadn't played in the final, all played Origin, you know, all played finals before, all played for their country. And that was Drinky, Robbo and Griff. Outside of that, everyone had played in big games. Jeez. So and I they're, knock, they're knocking on the door as it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I knew we weren't going to be overawed yeah. going into the final series. And, um, you know, we won a game where we are on the back foot for a fair bit and executed under pressure so we should come out of that knowing what it looks like and knowing how to win so I'm excited about what lies ahead for us in the next week After games like last Saturday do you look back at games like the Manly game where you've come from nowhere really you know, you know to come back and win that game in the, in the you know, to snatch it out of the clutches of Manly do you look at those kind of games and go well that's where the team's obviously going to be turning and, and coming from Yeah so it's not a fluke. Uh, we did it in Manly. Um, we did it against the Tigers. It was one second on the clock. Um, we've won different ways this year. We've won on the front foot. Um, you know, we've won on the back foot, and we've had to score quickly on a couple of different occasions. And um, again, that's just that just builds belief. That type of stuff. And again, that was part of my message after the game. We're never done. Um, you've got to. You know, the belief in the group is outstanding and the way that we stayed composed and completed and executed when it really mattered. Um, it's a sign of a really, really good team. Uh, Ian, Ian Cumming, one of our long-time uh, subscribers, big fan, has been on the show before. Uh, he's got uh, a couple of comments, first of all. Firstly, thanks for what you're doing for our club. He wanted to extend that out to you. And also, uh, from afar, uh, he's found your leadership and inspiration for his own uh, leadership journey so he just wanted us to let you know that uh, what was it like when you were being hit with criticism from all sides about your recruitment and uh, that rubbish with Jace how did you shut that out uh, I deleted Twitter pretty early <laughs> um, probably a good move yeah I, I just switched things off you know I didn't I don't watch 360 as it is well, well, I didn't. I Does anyone? Yeah. Can't, ima- can't imagine any coaches or players wanting to watch that. Yeah. You've, you've been a guest on there about yeah. four times in the last three weeks. Yeah, it all happens when you win. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was. I was okay with it. It was wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Losing's not fun. Um, and I'm experienced enough to know that when you're not winning. That's when the noise starts. If you look at the moment, the bottom four teams are copping it and they're just moving from one team to the other and it's just a rotation. So, yeah, um, if I look back on all that circus around Jace, I, I put the kid under too much pressure. Um, that's the thing that I, I really regret. Um, I don't regret my comment and the fact that I was being completely honest. But, you know, 
I learned some things along the way around the media quickly. Um, you know, I was getting a lot of compliments about how transparent and open and honest I, I was, and then I kept being so, and I, I, I copped a fair whack from it. And yeah, you understand that everyone with a phone has an opinion now, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, they're just opinions. And you know, Jason and I were. We were fine. We were always communicating back and forth through that whole period. He was our captain. Um, I just regret the pressure, the constant pressure that I put him under. So I'm big enough and ugly enough to handle that. But you know, he's he's got, you know, just taken away from him being able to prepare as best as he could with all the stuff going around that. Um, what was the second part of that question? Oh, uh, yeah. How did you shut it out? I know Chris was for all sides. When the team wasn't winning, how hard was it to stick to your plan in the midst of all the negativity? But I guess that comes from deleting Twitter. And yeah. Oh, look, I had to. I become. There was a period there for a couple of weeks where I was really focused on the outcome rather than the parts that you need to get right to get to that. So that was a good learning experience for me in hindsight. So that was probably something that I assessed after the, after the season. There are a couple of games, even the, the St George game, I was just so relieved that we won that game out at Bundaberg, I think it was. Yep. Uh, not Bundaberg. Uh, Rockhampton. Rocky, Rocky, Rockhampton, yeah. 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 Um, and I thought I was dealing with things pretty well, but I was just emotionally relieved. That was the most overriding feeling I had after that win. And, um, yeah, again, it's something that I that – had a long think about during the off season. It was during that period I, I got away from um, getting the process right um, or focusing on the process. I thought we got the process right, but oh, my head was around we should be winning, got to win, rather than if we do this and this and this, we can win. Do you um, yourself have like obviously you hear all these sports people go through saying they have a mentor and that mm. kind of stuff. Is there someone that you? bounce back to when you when you're in those sort of scenarios yeah so the club have been great in this regard so they they come to me after the season and said you know we believe in you um you've done a great job so far but we we think you should think about getting a mentor someone that you can lean on who's had some experience in what you're doing and we spoke about wayne um we had a conversation a couple of conversations with wayne over the phone myself and our chairman lewis and um, you know that was moving along in, in a good direction, but he took the job down at the Dolphins, so that fell in a hole quickly. Did that um, all cut communication ties? Literally, like no. That, or so still? I can. I've got. He said, "Look, I can call him at any time." But I know Dean Young talks to him every week or two. Um, I've had probably three conversations with him since he's taken that Dolphins role. Um, and then, yeah, so I just had a long think about it. Um, the way my brain works, you know, if I look at myself and Dean, Dean knows what he wants and it comes, he, he's direct. Where mine is a little slower. Like I'll, I'll work things out, it's at my own pace, and it's usually at the crack of night or ride my push bike. <laughs> so they're the two biggest problem solving places that I'll get my shit together. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I, we've brought Michael Hagen on board. And Michael Hagen, who's had a long career in the game at Canterbury as a player, um, you know, he coached at Para, he coached a Premiership at Knights. He was my reserve grade coach at Canberra many years ago with Mel. So he played with Mel 
and, and coached with Mel in Queensland. And I offered him an assistant role when I first got the job, but his life was in a different, you know, just didn't suit where he was at. He had a job and he had young grandkids and he was settled. So, you know, I approached him during the off-season and he's come on board and it's just a, it's, we have two conversations a week and then he will review our game via email. He'll look at some important parts of our game that he thinks we need to get right every week. Um, and then he'll give us his thoughts on who we're playing and what we need to get right that following week. That'll he's explain up, why I saw him in the box. Yeah, the he's been up four or five times at different games, and he's a he's a good guy. He's a great communicator. He's had he's been in he's been in the washing machine of it all. He coached Joey, so he's got a few good stories. He <laughs> oh, would have and Jared Haynes. So he's had to handle some big personalities. Um, and he's had some good times and he's gone through some tough times too. So uh, he walked away, just have had enough of yeah. the uh, roller coaster of it all in the end after after the Parramatta. And, you know, he's he's able to scratch his itch by helping us and doing what he does with the Australian team at the moment. That's cool. Nice. Without having the whole rigours of it yeah. day to day, yeah. Uh, our last subscriber question from Damo Ahern. Uh, what would you like to be remembered for as an NRL coach? <laughs> um, uh, I guess what kind of coach am I? I would consider myself a development coach. So it's not just footy for me. It's you know, it's the person themselves. They've got to be good men. I've got to. We've got to. We've got to help them grow on and off the park and. That's what we're trying to do at the moment, and we have a big responsibility—not just getting results, but just making making them reliable young men in the, around their community and at home. Did you have that coming through in your career? Did I have, have that development on and off, or was it all just footy and um, like looking back? Like, yeah, I've probably had to learn quickly. I was really young with a lot of older guys there at the Raiders as some big superstars and it was a different time. Um, you know, my best, the most influential coach I've ever had is Tim and Tim gave me my debut at the Raiders. He got me to the Tigers um, and he never pigeonholed me to play a certain way. He wanted to use my strengths and build on that within the team and, you know, I still talk to Tim once a month. It's not. It's always about footy. It's always been about footy with Jeansy. <laughs> um, and when he talks, I don't talk. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I, I, I've, he's had the biggest influence on the way I do things too. Do you see him now that he's going to be uh, basically your opposition from next year? Yeah. Do you, you sort of know. I guess you know what he thinks or how he thinks. Do you see that as? Oh shit! We're coming up against Tigers. I'm coming up against Sheensy this this week. Or is it more like oh, I know how he thinks. I know what's going on yeah. here. This whole coot's been out of it forever. I've got him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, it's not just Tim either. It's you know Benji, who obviously yeah. you've played with, and you know him pretty well. So, yeah. well, I reckon they'll have a, a certain way they'll play. Um, yeah, Tim again. He likes to use the ball. He likes to. He's good with trick plays and set plays and stuff like that. So I don't think that's going to change. That's always been a part of him. Um, you know, it's a big question mark around what they've done there at the Tigers, but I know that Tim will make the right long-term decisions about the club over the next two years and he won't be swayed by 
public opinion or the need to get results quickly. It'll be about developing the young kids and making long-term decisions, like I said, on, you know, and they've got a good crop of kids coming through. So if, they, if it's like us, they can get the right people and um, the right character of players and staff and things can move quickly. And, you know, Benji's a smart kid, super smart kid. He's articulate. He'll get a response from those younger guys too. So um, I'm optimistic about what they can do there. Yeah, sweet. How are you for time? Yeah, I'm good. You're good? Sweet ass. All right, we might have a look at the game from the weekend. Ah, finals week one, points bet stadium. 30 points to 32. Uh, wow, five tries apiece. Jeez, uh, four out of five conversions for Val. Nico with a laser on his boot. Getting five from five there. That penalty goal, which – where did that call come from? We were, we're eight points down. And, and they just get a man taken off as well. Yeah. Does the point – was that you up in the box going take the two? Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, I think a lot of coins, a lot of us up here went nah. – oh, oh, what, What's no, going on? Oh, for me. Some. Yeah. And here's me seeing if I could ever, ever make it as a coach in A-grade local footy. Take too early, give yourself a whole mm. nine-odd minutes attacking again to pull yourself back. Is that the thought, Pat? Yep. Went, <laughs> went, for, the two, went for the two because, you know, defending down a man, the easiest place to do is on the try line. So they would have been fresh and revved up for the first couple of sets. So we took the two. We wanted to use the ball and shift it a little bit, coming out of our own end and finding a pass and playing the space. So I knew we'd roll down the field well enough um, yeah, but it, it's one of those moments that we got right. And if we had lost the game, then I would have copped a pizzling from different parts of the media and social media about it. But, um, yeah, I knew we could score points. And I, and I didn't want to, you know, if we, if we took a tap and make an error or we get defended, then the spirit or the energy levels in the different teams change. Yep, so still having to score twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they 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 would their energy levels would go up if if we force an or got an error or they defended us, and our and our energy levels will drop or the spirit will drop. So um, yeah, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but we got it right. Oh, I was happy with it. I was sitting there watching it very late at night in my caravan in Julia Creek, sitting there going, try not to get too loud to wake everyone else up around me. But I'm sitting there going, yep. Soon as the, soon as he got put in the bin, I'm going take the two, take the two, and, you, yeah. and they did. And I went, yes. I was happy. I was ecstatic. It, it was when you look at it. They, you know, it was basically try for try the whole time. One team would score, the other team would score. Yep. You know, so it was always going in my eyes. It was always going to be what's that breaking moment? You know, I guess the big question is. I mean, I had no doubt with it, but yeah, and I'm sure the media touched on it a little bit, and they're going, "Oh, should it have been a sin bin? Should it not have been a sin bin? Because it's so hot and cold with sin bins this season." That was, with, a, that was a sin bin. Oh, every day of the week yeah. in my books, but yeah, oh, I, I've got to give the bunker a wrap in that situation because that was a courageous call but it was a right call there was another call which they missed um you know the, the crusher tackle mm. on luch yeah yep. that's that's again that's a courageous call but it needs to be made and you know we f- we find that the the match review committee come out and charge him so i'm really disappointed about that but um i thought you know the refereeing department did a pretty good job in letting the game flow um you know, it was a fast game you know, if I look at our game, I'm really disappointed with the tries that we conceded because they were, they were 
soft. You know, they're too easy. They'll score too easy. But um, you know, in in the way that the finals become so quick, and I just know that if we're moving forward, we can't concede thirty points and expect to win the game. Yep. Yeah, very rare to concede that and win. So it was uh, pretty good in the end. I know I had to yell out the window and into my shirt when the, when uh, Val slotted that field goal because otherwise the kids were going to wake up and they've already gotten up me once this year for yelling at the game. So I'm not a good watcher. Not a good. Are you a good watcher? Are you a good watcher when you're just at home? You know, I like watching footy on my own because I've got a wife who commentates and I've got <laughs> two kids that scream. So yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I like to find a quiet TV. Well, I, I can't watch a football iPad. with my I can't watch a football with my mum. She's yeah. like that. She's she's talking to people and the, mum, they can't hear you. Yeah. How's the, how's the coaches' boxes? Is, is that quiet? Is it are all of you quiet up there? Are that well? Yeah. I, we've never seen you yelling, but I thought on the weekend. I felt on the weekend that it was the calmest it's been for a while. Yeah, which is which is positive. Um, we made some right decisions and sent some good messages at the right time, um, which is not always the case. So, yeah, there's just been a good feeling around the group for the week in terms of energy. And then I walked away from our captain's run and I, and I knew that we would, the opposition would have to play really, really well to beat us. And it was a cracking game. It was a real cracking game and I'm just glad that we get to play at home you know, for a chance to play in the grand final. I know we sort of touched on it a little bit, but how do you keep so calm? Like talking to all the boys and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, outside after games and go, oh, did Toddy blow up at you at halftime? And they're like, no. Nah. Mm. How, how do you, you know, you see other coaches that just rip and tear shreds, but you just seem to be so calm and collective and, and the boys obviously respond to that in the, in, in the right way. I have moments in the box where I can vent, but I don't, I would say I'm a pretty emotionally even type of person and you know, if I was to blow up and rant and rave, that's not me. So the players would almost laugh if I lost my shit completely. <laughs> you know? um, don't get me wrong, they know when I'm disappointed. I can yeah. be pretty direct and pretty straight and you know, Do you make have sure that dad look yeah. Yeah, I'll just make sure that my words, the deliveries you know, the language is right. Um, but I'm not someone that's going to berate someone or rant and rave because it doesn't doesn't help and that's just not me. So um, I keep getting told that I'm going to have to deliver one one day, but um, fingers crossed it's not for a while. I just love watching your presses. Like, I swear to God, those reporters must walk out of there so pissed because <laughs> the, the questions, I don't know how you do it. Some of the questions that get asked how you just don't lose your shit at these guys asking st- stupid questions and you just calmly answer it and turn it to the to the way you want to answer it. Yep. And, and I love how you do that, but I just don't know how you just don't lose there it. Are, there are plenty of stupid questions. <laughs> 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 Probably the only coach that hasn't asked, got a 10 leading into the South game, did I like the Gladiator movie? That was... That was Left field. See, that's something. That's something that I would ask because I've I've toyed with the idea, and I've talked to Ben a couple of times. I'm thinking, oh, maybe next year I'll try and get a media pass as a representative for the podcast, and I'll come in there and ask those stupid kind of questions to try and lighten the mood. But now that someone's done that, I don't think I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do give our three points, uh, three two ones uh, for our player points. It's 
narrowing down to the pointy end. And uh, two, two, anyth- anything two games, could ha- definitely one game to go. Direct. I'm saying two games. Anything to go. could happen from here on out. Uh, so, uh, Morgs, do you want to kick it off this week? Oh, I'm a bit nervous here in front of this. All right, here we go. So well, you don't I, have to give anyone to any points to our guest this week. So that's a good point. Previous too. weeks you've had to. It's been. So it's like, oh, okay, three points. Um, okay, so for three points, I've gone Valentine Holmes. Um, amazing field goal, kicking was fantastic, and I thought he had a great cracker of a game. Um, number two, I've gone Jason Tomalolo, and for one, I've gone Peter Hicku, who I thought as always, has a fantastic game, underrated, um, holds the wing together and great on defence. Pistol. <laughs> All copied me homework, but just <laughs> changed up the players. I had three for Jace. I mentioned in that video after the game that just what a beast, a Herculean effort for 82 minutes. I, You know, any time there's been golden point or anything, Jason has never played above 80 minutes in his career and to come off with 82 in a, well, Essentially, you know, a, a well, semi-final. That was just unbelievable. Left to right, 30-metre cutout pass. Have you been in his ear about that? Because you're more of a ball plan prop as well. So have you developed that game into him? Because um, Hulks aren't meant to do that. Yeah, no, he's always had the skill. I've just encouraged him to to pass more. And, you know, first conversation around that was I wanted him to double up on his plays. So... That might be tipping on to some support players and other big forward around him and then he can roll around the corner and take the next carry. And that's just to evolve from there. And then we've got some smart players around him, Chad and Drinky, saying, you know, we can use this play off you to get the ball out to the edge. And that's how it's, that's how it's gotten. That's how it's played. He's yeah. been spending some time <laughs> with Robbo as well with a few of those dummy half runs. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that either. The more times he touches the ball better team we are so yeah. I, I joked about it last week that Cowboys would win on the siren with a try next to the sticks with the Talmalolo chip and chase over the <laughs> over the mid. I'll take a 30 metre left to right and him scoring anyway so I had three for Jace uh, two for Pet 300 plus metres as centre as Morgan touched on just the glue on that right side from a from a Cowboy outfit in the last five six years leak points down the on the flanks and that's just been tightened up and credit to Pet. And one point, multiple selections. Uh, Chad, 780-odd kick metres, that's just outstanding. Like that's sort of stuff that goes unnoticed and when you read that up, 785 kick metres is just unbelievable. Drinky returns at the back, but I, I gave one point to the clutch, Val. Did you see that picture during the week as well? It's the three pedals. Oh, yes. And the yeah. clutch pedal was, a, clutch was Val's was face. Picture <laughs> <of> Val's <laughs> uh, all right, I've given uh, three points to Jace as well uh, for reasons previously brought up. Two points for Chad, who I think I'm the only one who gave him points this week. Yeah, you did go, I mean, I know you gave him an honourable mention. I gave him points in my video. You did, you did. And then <laughs> after I've wrapped up here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, it's been organising the club the team all, all year so um, we should be giving him more points than we than we actually do but we can only give so many and one point for Pet Hiku exactly the same reasons yep so that's easy I F- went uh, three points for Jace yeah I think for me that's probably one of the best games I've seen from him in the sense of I mean he always has Herculean efforts but he just I don't know from from someone sitting on a couch watching watching footy 
he just seemed to want to be there and wanted to be that difference and wanted to – it's like he said to himself, he goes, I am going to make that play that makes the biggest difference. And I know we, we you know, you touched on the pass already. I mean, I remember talking about him throwing that pass to Griff in that Broncos game at the start of the year and I turned around and said it was an ugly-looking pass – but it was a perfect pass to Griff to go through that gap and score that try, and, and then you could see it happening more and more and more. And that part, that cutout pass on the weekend, that was – I was blown away. I was just – I loved every minute of it. So I went three points for, for Jace. I went two points for Ruben, um, even though he's still my dark horse for the Paul Bowman. But <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he is just a machine. I – I don't know what you've what, – what, what, you know, I, know, I know him personally, so I know what he's like as a guy. He just wants to get out there and work and work and work. But I guess the belief that has been given to him as well from you guys and, and the smallest number 10 running around in the, in the competition, and I just get so excited watching that guy, whereas it doesn't matter who runs at him. He don't care. You change a second or third string hooker to a starting prop. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. He – I guess he was always a manufactured hooker too. Like he played a lot of schoolboy football at lock. Um, you know, whether you stick your head in the front of the scrum or the back of the scrum, the role in the middle of the park is very similar. Um, he wears a ten because Jace's number is thirteen, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't going to wrestle with him to take it off him. So um, yeah, there's some moments in that game that Jace come up with that. Um, you know, he's, he pulled Nico Hines down from marker close to the try line. He hit Dale Fanukin through the ribs once to stop a try to force an error. Yeah. Force another error. And then the effort that I criticised him about around the kick pressure in that game all the way back in round one last year, if you look at the defensive set that led to f- before um, Val's field goal, you know, Jace made one tackle, got onside, and got out to Nico Hines from marker. This is after 83 minutes, and Nico Hines couldn't put it in the corner where he wanted to. He had to sky it to get it over Jace. And Drinky catches the ball on the 30-metre line. So we've won the field position battle on that one effort alone. And then he's ta- carry four. That's a 15-metre carry. Mm. You know, quick play the ball in the valve. So someone that's big and... Weighing 120 odd kilos of what he weighs, shouldn't be able to move like he does and stay out on the pitch as long as he does. But let alone come up with some of the big plays he did in that game. I just thought he was, yeah, it was his best game he's had for the club yep. for a long, long time. I just, I was just blown away, um, and I went, I went one point for Drinky. I just think he is the X factor. Like I know it's cliche, but for me, just the little things that he does, he just. He seems to create so much confusion and so much. Um, I don't know. I don't. Know, I can't think of the word for the defensive line. Is he going to jump into the line? Is he going to come through? Is the ball going to go to him? Is the ball not going to go to him? Because he's just all over the place. And I and I love that. I, I just love watching that. And you know, being lucky now that we've had him on the on the podcast and got to know him as a person and what his personality is like, it would do my head in as a defensive. You know, trying to defend against him because you just don't know what he's going to do because he doesn't know what he's going to do sometimes. So I, I went one point for, for for Drinky as well. Well, hit us up with the top five. Top five. It is. It, we we joked last week that it was it was getting messy and it's got even more messy now. So sitting in first place on eighty one points is Drinky. Second place on seventy two points is Rubes. Uh, we've got a tie for third with uh, Reese and uh, Jace on sixty two. 
And then we've got a tie for fourth um, with uh, Tommy and uh, Val as well. Tommy's another player that I thought had a brilliant game as well. You just, you know, like you said, you've only got so many points to give away. And and then there's a little bit of daylight now between um, between them and, uh, and and Nanai as the next one. Just so. want to, just want to quickly just touch on that game because I'm look I'm watching that on the couch with my expert eyes and know it all mind and 88 wild turkeys deep. <laughs> I'm thinking 25 to 30 minutes to go. Hamaso is going to break this game wide open. What was the reluctance? Well. There's no reluctance as to who am I going to take off. I'm going to take off someone. And Pet, Pet's playing for New Zealand and contributing so strongly out of the backfield. Such a good defender. Um, I could put him to the left centre, then who's going to kick our field goal? Put him on the wing. Like, you know, it's a difficult position for the kid. I know that. But he's also got to understand that um, that's his role at the moment. Um, Is there... An opportunity. I know a media brought it up a few yep. weeks ago, and I think I echoed it probably a couple of months ago. Fifteen minute, twenty minute stint in the fronts. Yeah. So when we put him on, he put him. We put him on at lock. Um, we needed a try. Um, it's late in the game, so there was only two or three minutes to go, and that's the, the period where Jay scores to tie the game up. Um, so he was on the field at lock. He was a little bit lost in a couple of sequences, and when we had the ball. But he was sniffing around the, the ball, which is what we wanted. Um, we left him on for the first couple of sets into extra time, the first extra time period. But we were losing too many tackles in the middle of the park, so we needed to tighten that up. So we, we got him back off. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. It really is. He's such a good player that we've got to have him in the 17 from week to week. Um, his main role at the moment is to cover if something happens from an injury point of view and then we've got to make a call late in the game on the flow of the game and as I felt on the weekend everyone was doing such a good job we didn't have a poor player out yep. on the pitch it's a fair call. and he's alright too he's not kicking stones or is he a oh, bit look, I know he's disappointed yeah. but he's also happy for the fact that we're able to win um, look, our players I like our players have a bit of an ego and what it did was bruise his ego. Um, but in the end, um, he understands the ramifications around what's happening for us as a team and he's really happy that we won. That's just a learning curve, I guess, as being young, you know, the understanding. I know I you know, not, never played at that level, but playing, you know, went away for nationals for indoor cricket and then you mm. you don't get on the court and you're like and you lose the game, you're like, Oh, I could have done this yeah. or I could have done that. Well, watch, and you learn, you learn from that, I guess. I watched the game yesterday, the South Roosters game, and Cody Nicarima got three minutes. And if I look back at the Storm and Roosters grand final, Nico Hines sat on the bench the whole game, didn't get on. So it's it's commonplace. I used to play with a guy called Daniel Fitzhenry, who yeah. was a utility player and Sheenzy did that to him time and time again. Yeah. And he didn't enjoy it, but he knew it was what the team needed. So um, if I look at Hammer, he's been an elite kid from the age of 15 and um, things have happened for him quickly at NRL level. He's got, a, he's got a debut at a young age. He's come and played Queensland at a young age and this is his first real challenge and it's a good learning experience for him. I know he doesn't, he might think like that at the moment, but it's going to hold him in good stead for, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Beauty. 
All right. A couple more questions, if we may. Uh, well, actually, this one's an apology. <laughs> Jacob Russell uh, says, sorry about your, his barking dog, because apparently he lives somewhere near you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I sleep with your clothes in, so you can bark all Maybe I should try that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, good uh, I've good done it since we had kids. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I might have to uh, take that one on. Uh, Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey Kerr has asked, uh, the players get a week off. Do they? Uh, do you try to create some match intensity during the fitness over the next, as you said, day on, day off? Yep, so that's the beauty about having the day on, day off is that we can – so if we look at tomorrow's session, it's limited collisions. So there's hardly any collisions involved in the session. Um It'll be a fair, fair bit of competing and we're moving quickly. But if I look at Friday's session, that's when we're going to have some scenario-based 13 v 13. So we're going to have a 10-minute period where the NRL team have got 13 versus 12 and then flip that for the next 10-minute period. And then we're going to have another period where it's you know we defend a set on our trial line and we've got to get out. That's that's the next 10-minute block. Just do that repeatedly. So that's that's pretty much game intensity as close as we can get to it at training we call it smart contact so they run they collision and they rest they they once they come into collision they stop pumping their legs and then they on the transition to ground that's when they start wrestling to try and play the ball quick or hold them down um and we've got a 40 minute session planned for four times 10 minute blocks um we'll get a bit more of that on sunday but that's the first day we start to prep into um, whoever we play and we'll do some walkthrough stuff about their setups. Um, we'll do some of our attack unopposed and then we'll try to nail some, some of our sets and sequences and set plays against defence too. So that won't be um, too intense, um, not a heap of collisions. And then if I look at our, our main sessions Tuesday, it's pretty generic what we've done over the course of the season and that's short and fast and there'll be a fair few collisions in that. So our training has kept us in good stead. Our intensity of training and the consistency of training has allowed us to perform like we have week after week and it's not just our NRL squad. I've mentioned this before publicly, but our Renegade squad, they've done a terrific job preparing our main squad. I've been ha- really happy with them all but one week. I think one main session they will off the pace but for the course of the season, they've been terrific, and we've got some great experience in that team. In Ben Hampton, Jake Granville, um, they've been leading them guys terrifically, and asking some really good questions of our defensive system and team at different stages. So um, they've done a great job. And I guess that's what a lot of people don't really get to see or hear as well when you've got players like your Benny Hamptons and and and, and Jakey G and, and those kind of guys that could quite easily go to another club and, and mm. potentially play first-grade footy. But allowing, A, for depth, you know, if something goes pear-shaped, but that, that that's why I was leaning on it. That's why I didn't say the word. Um, but I guess also from a training point of view, for you guys, you know, for, for the main squad to be able to play against a, a strong opposition. Yep. Yep, they've yeah, like I said, they've just done a terrific job. And what they also do is they teach great habits to our to our young kids that are kind of in that mix as well. So um, I've mentioned how difficult it can be for those guys to play consistent footy from from week to week with the travel challenges around it. 
but um, those guys don't take a shortcut with their preparation, whether it's recovery, it's diet, it's um, you know their video, their vision. Um, they're across all things, and they're great teachers. By way of example, to our, our young kids, Jake Burke, Jordan Lip, Tom Chester. Um, we've got a, a crew under that Riley Price, Cooley Kefu, who's in and out of our squad. You know, even the guys that have played a bit, bit of first grade, um, Griffin Neem, Elam Lukey, Jeremiah Nenai. Like that's part of the bigger picture. That yep. those guys are, uh, are coaching the rest of our squad what to do away from what we try and coach them on the park. If that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. no, definitely does. Um, the, the experience, you know. Um, Brendan Elliott's another one so he's been a great signing for us you know he's played three games for us um, he's had little impact in terms of NRL squad but he he's a professional he's the last out there catching kicks um, if anyone needs someone to do something extra with him he's putting his hand up and when he's coming in the first grade team he's got his job done it's because he dots the I's and crosses the T's with all of this stuff from Monday to Friday I think he even might have polled points. He in has a couple polled of rounds. He, yeah, just I think he stood awesome out. Awesome in the Gold Coast game down at yeah. yeah, I think that was the game <laughs> yeah. that he yeah. yeah points for us. Yeah. It's like he'd been with us all year. Yeah, yeah. So no, it definitely it's it's showing through. Just want to sorry, just want to quickly just say something here. When you're doing your training and you're looking at ways to get off your own line or mm. to get out of your own end and, and different drills, and you touched on earlier in the year that you've uh, early in the pod that you've got a couple of tricks up your sleeve. Have you thought of pulling the trigger on the 2040 or even the kick to touch on the optional restart when wingers have chased the ball through and yep. you've got it back on the 20 instead of just running out for a tap and go? Yep. Have you thought of that? Is that on uh, your mind too? We've spoken about the kick off the 20 tap. And Drinky was mucking around at training the other day and nailed a couple. Um, to kick to the winger, yeah. When Hammer's playing on the wing, yeah, we've spoken about the opportunity to do that. Um or even that twenty forty rule yeah. that they've got. I mean, that's yeah. high risk. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it is. It's high risk. Um, it says the ten meter dropout, which everyone <laughs> seems to yeah. really yeah. throwing the dice yeah. on that one this year. Yeah. So I got a bit of a kick out of sharks trying to trick their way out of their own in the other night with yeah, that crossfield yeah. kick, and I said, yeah. I said to them in the box, I said, "We've got them. They're trying to they're taking the easy option out in a finals match." You know. Um, and that was a period of the game where it was going back and forth in that grind, and um, I just thought it was a positive sign for us. Um, not saying that I wouldn't do it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for surprising the opposition. Yeah. Aaron Parkinson uh, wants to know what your best time up Castle Hill is. <laughs> well, I ride the bike up there. Um, well, you're riding it up when the guys are running it, yeah, though. Yeah, I ride, yeah. yeah. So I'll ride the bike. That'd be a hard Two or ride. three times a week. Anywhere between two and four, yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you look as fit as the day you are playing. Uh, you could well, probably still run around. Um, no, I see the way the boys train. That's <laughs> <it's> hard. <laughs> yeah, it takes me about it takes me 21 minutes from work to get up the top. Straight. Yeah. takes me that long to walk from... Office to the car, or do to drive up there. <laughs> Can do sometimes. Yeah. Hey. Um. So outside of footy, um, when you're when you're a kid growing up, yep. like other than footy, were you into you know like Marvel or comics, or you're into other sports? Or yeah, no. Tomorrow, 
Tamora is 80 k's northwest of Wagga, and Tamora and Wagga is about the halfway point. So it's 50-50 of AFL and NRL. Any further north, it becomes NRL. Any yeah. further south, it goes to Albury, down to Victoria. Yep. It's, it's AFL. So it is a big sporting area and town, and just doing the, the usual sports. It's summer, it's cricket, so I played a lot of cricket as a kid. Um, basketball, rugby league, tennis. I would not want to come up against you in a game of basketball. <laughs> There's no way in the world I'd want to do that. Yes. Well, you reckon he might do that? <laughs> I reckon he'd flatten me. <laughs> do you follow any actively now? Any NBA teams, Premier League? No, uh, not. AFL? No, I follow Swans. Swans. Yes, Swans. Oh. Swans. Oh. Big weekend coming up for you. Oh. Oh, no, Swans. That's it. Off. No. <laughs> well, my grandfather followed Collingwood, so I've got a soft spot for Collingwood. Oh, well. but I don't like to tell yeah, people that. I'll be man down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, 2005 when we won the competition, the Swans won the competition too, mm. so... Um, got to know most of those guys pretty well. Um, yeah, so between those two clubs, they're, they're the they're the ones I follow. And if there's another one, I'm interested to see how Hawthorne go because um, Luke Bruce, who's a small forward there, has been he's won three competitions. He's from Tamora as well. So, yeah, gotcha. Um, that's where my interest lies. In that. Has there been thoughts of you see leagueies crossing over to Union or whatever? Have you thought about bringing? AFL is in like for try scoring leaping on wings yep. and things like that or Kicking. even being your yeah, halfback yep. in 40 20 almost every every time yeah we've we've definitely used them to to coach kicking but there's some merit in it but they've also got to be able to tackle <laughs> and get other parts <laughs> of the game right you know? so um what I do like as a coach is that players that have grown up playing different sports I think the crossover in skills and movements is so important. So if any parents are around listening to this, I would encourage them to to get their kids to play as many sports as they can before they specialise because there's, there's kids specialising at the age of 11 or 12 and that's way, way too too young to be... Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else have we got here, Pete? Oh, <laughs> have you taken to being titled the Sheriff <laughs> and... Uh, when you see Dean and Steve, do you address them with a morning deputy? <laughs> uh, i tell you who are getting more enjoyment out of me than it is the playing group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Macca, Dunny. Dunny's a out-and-out smart-ass. <laughs> he, he never misses an opportunity to have a crack at me. I've known the kid. I've coached him since he was 17. He was in our... Um, 20s team many many years ago and he's a great kid but he's he wears thin on me sometimes <laughs> and he knows it <laughs> oh, I'd be worse now that he's not actually playing I'm imagining because yeah. he's been I've seen you have him up there in the box a little bit of times yeah. yeah no he's a smart kid I, I think he would be a good coach um when it all finishes for him and I've told him that um yeah he's a smart articulate kid and Played a lot of five eight as a kid. Yeah, um, that's why he's he's made a difference to us through the middle with his ball playing. But um, when he addresses a group at certain different moments um, over the past eighteen months, he's always you know on the money with what he says. Deputy Dean, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your um, favourite player you played with over the years? Mine. Um, 
a couple of Pommies I really enjoyed playing with. Adrian Morley, only had one year at the Roosters with him, and then Gareth Ellis at the Tigers. Um, just unassuming and hard as nails. Trained the house down, but also being the Northern Englishman, they could sit back and relax and have a brew and um, have a laugh. Um, you know, enjoyed Benj, Hojo, Hojo, Brett Hodgson was super talented and tough. Um, and then before that, it was, you know, kids I looked up to were Brett Mullins and Laurie Daly and very fortunate to play with those guys who were from around my area in Juni and Young. So, um, but the first two, probably up there in the top three. Is there anyone that's, uh, the, who you would call the biggest challenge to play against um, that stands out? Oh, Shane Webke and Petro pretty formidable together in that Broncos pack Brad Thorne um, Gordon Tallis Tony Carroll so that's some big bodies there yeah um, and I was an 18 19 <coughs> kid kind of you know when you see people and you and you, you go holy shit yes you know when those when that team rolled up to Bruce Stadium and they were always dressed in slick gear and I just as an 18 19 Kid, I was almost defeated before kickoff. You know, I was going, "Holy, look at these monsters!" But um, yeah, they were a good team for a long time. Speaking of good teams, uh, your favourite memory from your playing days, specifically around two thousand five, which not good for us, but good for yeah. you. Um, obviously, winning the grand final and being lucky to score a try right at the death. Um, very fortunate to play and, I, and I'm grateful for my coach at the time Tim I strained my hamstring on Tuesday of grand final week oh. yeah and it was only a minor grade one strain um, but I did it at the back end of a session where we're doing a phosphate um, conditioning drill on a Tuesday and I felt it go and I lined up the next run I thought no it can't be and I've taken off again and I felt it grab and I walked over to the Brian Hyder, who was our trainer, and it was an open session at the time, so there was quite a few people there and cameras and that. He said, just walk off with me and make sure no one sort of picks up what's happening. Yeah. Walked inside, um, see the physio, does the tests and says, yep, you've done your hemi. So that week, um, Pat Richards had done his ankle in the semi-final before as well against the Dragons, and he was in a fair bit of doubt that he was going to play so he and I spent the rest of that time in a hyperbaric chamber and no one knew that if we were right to go or not. So Tim basically told me, he said, look, you know your body and you, you'll make the right decision for the team if you're right to go and right to play. So I'll leave it up to you, but you've got to get through to the captain's run. So I told no one this, not even my family. I had a heap of visitors up from Tamora, um, you know, staying at my place for the grand final and... Mum and her partner drove me out to the out to the training last captain's run, and I didn't say a word to them the whole time. And um, that whole week, it feel good for half an hour, and then it would ache the next hour. And I was in my own mind, I was going, "Yep, I'm right. No, I'm not right. I'm going to let him down. Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm not." So that whole week, I can't remember. I can't remember a thing from the week because I was that. In my own head, yeah, yeah. Um, and then 
I got to the captain's room and I strapped it that, that tight and I honestly didn't get out of second gear. I, I jogged through it pretty much and Tim walked over to me and he said, what do you said? You're not moving that great. You're going to be right? And I said, yeah, I, I, can, I can get through. So I only played 26 minutes maybe and he nursed me through either side of half time um, and threw me on at the end. And me as a coach, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Yep. You know, give the faith to not I wouldn't give it to a back because they need to move quick. Yeah. I was a forward that could with my experience I could just find ways to get through the game. And yeah, it was all worth it because I rolled over for a try at the end. So Yeah, I don't worry, I can still picture it. I still I passed <laughs> I'm, I'm good mates with Princey and I still throw daggers at him every time we catch yeah, up. Well, Paddy Paddy Richards, he had thirteen needles. Had 13 needles, so he had nine before the game. He had four and a half time and still couldn't finish the match. So, oh, and he had a f- pretty big play in it too. You know, he caught a flick <laughs> yeah. pass. Caught a flick pass off bench and had a fair bit off of Rod, Roddy Jensen and yeah. boom. Yeah, yeah. No, we remember. Yeah. <laughs> play minute by minute, <laughs> meter by meter. I remember that one. It's <laughs> all right. If you look at where we are and where they are as a club since, I think we're well ahead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take that. You did. Caused me to have a hell of a hangover the next day. Though <laughs> I can't drink Johnny Walker ever since. That's right. I reckon everyone in this room will be able to handle a hangover. <laughs> I've probably had a few since then, especially specifically 2015, which so obviously you're a part of 2015 as so well for, for the Cowboys. Only a hangover if you go to sleep. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is true. This is true. So 2015, there was no sleep. <laughs> no, not a not a huge amount. Do you feel like? without getting ahead of yourself, I suppose, that this year feels a lot like 2015 or um, especially for the community? I feel the group, the group feels similar. The energy around the group feels similar because if I look back at that group, there was no ego. Everyone's on the same level. We had some young guys. We had some inexperienced guys and we're just having fun, you know, and no one gave us a shot then. And I don't think there's a lot of people that really give us a chance or before the weekend's game, or I don't think anyone really gave us a chance. And now, now <laughs> we're 80 minutes away from possibly playing in a grand final. We're going to have to play well. I know we'll be ready to go. Um, but there are some similarities in the energy and the feel around the group. I, I love how much fun our boys are having together. It really makes a difference to, to what we're doing on a weekend. When you say the 15 team and there wasn't any egos, that's with a thirst and Scott and Tamo in the side so they put everything out the outside and just we're all all part as yep. one as well wow yeah yeah and cootie as well and yeah, that's yeah. What makes, and cooper makes a good wow player. that's mm. yeah to have no ego with a yep. lot of stars that's something yeah yeah good group no i was just yeah mulling that over it's, it's, yeah. it's it feels very the same uh this year so we got a question we ask all our guests it's uh it's not hard don't worry uh if you're on a deserted island <laughs> You can take – normally it's this is aimed at a player, but we'll, we'll say you can take anyone from the club. You can take two people that you definitely want to take with you. From the club. Preferably, yeah. Yep. And two people you definitely don't want to take with you. Yep. And you can dob in anyone here. No one's listening. It's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully they are. They are, they are listening. <laughs> I would take Michael Luck because he gets shit done. Whatever needs to happen, he does it. Like, if I've got a question for him, he will literally think about it for about four or five seconds and he'll either get on the phone or go and see the person. Or he just, like, it 
just happens. Yeah. I think Georgie Gatter said lucky as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he might um, The other one's probably Macca because he can hunt. Yeah. <laughs> He's a mechanical. Yeah. And he would be able to provide food. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few <laughs> other guys, have, the guys uh, have picked him. Pick yeah. Macca as well. Yeah, now definitely two you don't want. Um, or that you wouldn't take. Not, not, not to be nasty. Well, you've already thrown someone under the bus yeah. tonight. I reckon, I reckon he might be one of them straight <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Mitch Dunn. <laughs> and I might as well pick someone from the playing group. Um, <laughs> every person that's come on has always said Val. Yeah, he's a bit of a favourite. Okay. Or more, or more go. Or more go. In yeah. the seasons yeah, gone yeah, by. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy Gilbert. Tommy Gilbert. He's been, yeah, been dropped right. a couple of times. Yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just yeah. because I know me saying that would piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. 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 Very good. All right. Uh, your favourite pie? When you get to have one? I'm pretty. I like the plain pie. Yeah. 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 From. Hey. From. Do you have a favourite pie place? It could be anywhere. Anywhere. Well, Days is shut down, and if I get one now, it would be from Otto's. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 good choice. Okay. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, what, what, I don't know. What are my other choices? I don't know. It's whatever you want. No, 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 like, one, of my, one of my favourite pies is from when I, I lived in Victoria for a while, and yeah. a, a good Mafra pie okay. it used to be the pie you'd go to, and it's like a lot of people talk about the Yatla pie and stuff. Was, like that's what, what I was going to say. When I'm, when I'm in the Gold Coast, I'll, we always drop into Yatla. Yeah. I'm local here. The Mount Louisa snack bar, close to me. Oh, at, the ba- at the bakery there. They're just simple the pies. Like, there's nothing complicated. Yeah. They don't yeah. fall apart in your hand. Yep. I'm happy with a pie that's not too hot. Yeah. 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 It doesn't burn the roof. You can hang you on to it the whole time. quickly. Yeah. I like yeah. the seafood pies when they don't, they don't really make them too often, but up at the yellow pie van up in Cardwell, Jesse's pies with the crocodile. If you can get there in time. If you can he sells there. out too quick. Otherwise, yeah. a seafood pie out at Springshaw. Oh. Unbelievable. I'm still a bit sceptical about a seafood pie. But anyway, yeah, I know. It's, I, can't, no, I can't do chicken pies. Really? I can't do a chicken pie. No, it's just not right. When you bite, you, they taste good, but you bite into it and it just doesn't it look doesn't, right. So what are you expecting? It doesn't yeah. look right. <laughs> I like a good mouse pie. You can't go past a mouse pie. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. All right. Uh, are you right? Stick around for a bit because we'll, we'll get in and flick through the tipping comp, Yeah, I believe. Uh, we'll smash that out of the way. This one is all thanks to Be Clean and Q. And this one's going right through to the grand final. Out in front, but it is a hell of a close race. Rocking Horse Road and the Irk are on equal points, 168 apiece. Oh, the Irk made a bit of a run, the eh? The Irk have, well, T-tipped two out of four last week instead of one out of four for Rocking Horse Road. Croaking Dog, uh, JJ86, Ian Hope, Ojack O. Camo 99, Calgo Shaz, Get to the Kick, and BJB Lab round out our top 10. Uh, I tipped three. Should have tipped four. Uh, Guess which one you got. Yeah. All right. We'll get back to that. He tried to do the, he tried to do the, tried um, to do reverse, the reverse, reverse psychology. psychology. Yeah. So he's claiming the win because. I'm not claiming it. <laughs> you still did it. Because I would have got a perfect round if I'd have stuck firm, but. Anyway, <coughs> dickhead, dickhead. Yes. Uh, so I'm in, but I'm in 18th. So I will say that, and then we'll get to their 
positionings, especially this one. I just want to say for the viewers, if you could see Todd's look on his face at Rob <laughs> when he found I'm actually out. hiding my eyes from him. <laughs> He's shooting me daggers like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I've never been so uncomfortable in here. <laughs> uh, heading down the uh, the the ladder, Filekelt is in 41st. Now, we kind of think this is actually Kyle, but he, he won't admit it. <laughs> anyway, Filekelt, uh, <laughs> you can try and get that out of him if you like. <laughs> Hammer and Hulk, I think that's a new name. That's, that's a new 44th name. spot. 46th is Barking Frog. That's me, yes. Morgan TSV in 50th. We're doing okay. Doing yeah, okay. doing okay. You're about halfway. At least I'll tip the cowboys. Is he on the first page or the second page? Uh, he's on the f- just on the first just page. Just on the first page. Because they go 50 at a time over on the second page. And uh, i got to keep scrolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right down. Well, no, you were not right down the bottom, but 86th out of 97. Did he catch Herbie? Uh, he has passed Herbie. Ah, there you go. I have a system. Well, I was playing the system. I have yeah. a system. Yeah. Herbie, when was the last time Herbie... Tipped? Uh, about f- a month ago. There you go. All right. Fair so, <laughs> so my system is every year, no matter what, always tips Cowboys. So last year you could imagine my, my pain on that. Every year tip Cowboys. And then I always tip Warriors, Raiders, and whoever plays the Broncos. And for a lot of the season, Broncos had been winning and Warriors and Raiders would lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I also don't like Roosters, so I can't tip them. So... Need a new system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've all said that. He's been sticking by it for <laughs> what three years now. So uh, about twenty. Yeah, yeah. This is true. This is true. Rain, howl, or shine. though, Cowboys get locked in every week. All right, suck up. All right, we hey, just you. saying it as it is. You guys were tipping against them last year, and I'll, I'll call you out for the coach as well. <laughs> 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 Our on the range subscribers over at Patreon have uh, got their own competition, and Camo ninety nine has blasted out in front on that one. He's on one hundred and sixty one points. Second place is Rion on one hundred and fifty eight. Uh, I'm in third. Grizzly 87. I find Tinsel distracting. Chris Reed, Huge Hendo, Corbin Kelly, Barking Frog in ninth. Al the PC Man, J Bird Man, AU, Morgan TSV, Magic Mick, Cat 72, Swiss Cowboy, our supporter from. He's actually in Switzerland. Switzerland. From yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, and uh, Pistol Blazer, two guns down the bottom. It's okay. It's fine. You've got your system. It's all good. Just get to the tips. <laughs> <Just get> to <laughs> okay. Righto. All right. This one is pretty easy, very quick, and we'll rip around the table. And it uh, goes this Friday. Combank Stadium, the Eels, $1.53. The Raiders are $2.50. What do you got, Frog? I've gone the Eels um, by eight. I think Canberra may have played their, their – their, um, they played brilliantly against the Storm last week. I just don't know if they can do it two weeks in a row. And I think Power will learn – from their mistakes from last week. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm going to go the Eels. I'd like to see the Raiders get up, but... Who would you rather play here, <laughs> Eels or Canberra? I'm not I'm not too fast, to be fair. Uh, I think they both have different strengths across their team. I um, think Canberra might be easier, purely on the fact they've gone to Leichhardt, Melbourne, Parramatta, then Townsville. Yep, that's, that's something to consider. Yeah, and the, the heat. I know my mother lives in Canberra and she says it's still cold. Yeah, my cousins and, and uncles live in Queanbeyan. Yeah, my mum's in Queanbeyan. So it's starting to warm up here. Yeah, and that helps. Another week and a half, it's going to be a Hot. warmer again. So there's a, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable for whoever plays here. I'll Perfect. go Canberra. 
I'll stick right. with my system and just on that travel alone, it might just throw Raiders out against us. Morgs? I'm tipping with my heart. I'm going to Green Machine. I'm going Raiders. Very good. I like <laughs> it. I won't ask you, Tony. It's going to be close. <laughs> Just real quick on what you said so before. You're saying, I hope it's hope it's <laughs> as physical as a South Fruit. <laughs> yes. For us in general, is hotter always a better? Like we want it scorching hot. Um, only if you hold the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but it is it is a, it's a different heat than anyone south of Underberg get to experience. Yeah, it's so, humid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like if I look at if you look over time, the teams that we play. Here at home, how do they fare the next week? You know, good point. The, the travel and the, the conditions, teams don't handle it well. They don't like it. You know, uh, the, you know they might come up here and get the the win, but they're they're up against it the following week. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Do you guys turn the opposition change rooms down to like fourteen degrees on the aircon, like Canberra <laughs> turned the heaters up? No. I've asked that question, but it's universal <laughs> across the whole stadium. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, so you're freezing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we when we used to play at Newcastle, those sheds were shit. Like they were tiny, and they purposely half an hour before we got changed, they would come in and hose it out. Puddles and puddles of water through the whole change rooms. You know, like when you get changed, like you got you're trying to put your socks on, and not get them wet. Like just, oh, just no. Tread on your boots. Jesus. Yeah, they made it oh, as hard freaks. and uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, like you look and you could hear and see the other dressing room, and they've got the music blaring, and Joey be bouncing around off the walls, and then you run out in the field. And That's probably be, for a different reasons, but yeah, <laughs> yeah for two or three days. Um, <laughs> And then the ball would go from 20 metres from Baderas to Johns, another 20 metres to Johns to Johns, and then it'd go to Gidley. So dead set, we were just chasing the ball like that. It was a tough day. <laughs> 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 tough day. All right, the second game is on Saturday at Allianz uh, at 8pm. Seems late. Uh, yeah, it's not 7.55. Nah, that's a big day too because Swans, Collingwood at SCG at yeah. Moore Park and then scheduling was uh, straight across the road to Allianz. Yeah, there'll be some um, sourced and gentlemen. Yes. And just touching on your base, when I met you at the airport, SCG is shit to watch rugby league at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Great stadium. I was, yeah, I was yeah. in awe for the first time, but yeah, yep. echoing your sentiments. Yep. Um I've played there a couple of times and we got changed in the, the crickets change room. So I, I've, I've loved it. I thought it was awesome. But to actually play um, out in the pitch itself, the, the, the clay is hard and then when it gets a little bit wet, it becomes like a skating rink. Um, getting your bearings in that field was a little bit odd. And then the field, the, the crowd is so yep. far away. Um, and to watch it and to coach there, it's ordinary. Yeah. So... I'm glad that we don't have to go there again. Mm. Sweet as. So at Allianz, the Sharks are $1.95, the Rabbits $1.85. I've gone the Bunnies. Gone the Bunnies. I, I just I just think that, um, yeah, I just I just think they've got it. I just They, they played really I, – I know they belted the crap out of each other, but I just think they played really, really well on the weekend. Okay, fair I, enough. I think they've still got a little bit in their tank, whereas I think we may have burnt the Sharks out last week. You make a good point. I didn't. I didn't consider that. 
I didn't consider that. I've been underrating the rabbits this whole time. I'm going to tip the sharks. Who'd you rather play in a GF, Penrith Sharks or Rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> this will sway my tip because I really don't care in this game. <laughs> no <Yeah>. comment. Where's the system saying? Yeah, I system it says to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And I think Penrith at the moment are the man, so I'd rather play them in the GF and take them down. So this game... Doesn't matter to me. Give me. Oh, you can't even tip a draw. Um, <laughs> give us South. All right. I've gone to Bunnies. Uh, I do like a fact over Sharks that they know we can beat them, but I'm going to go Bunnies. All right. Very good. Okay. What do you reckon, Tony? <laughs> um, I think the Sharks. I think they had four players um, play against us on the weekend who had three or four weeks out at least, and they'll be better for the run. And, yeah, the, the, the other game, the Roosters-South game, was, was really physical. And, yeah, it's, it's again, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. I think whoever makes across those two teams, they use the ball and they can make an error. So whoever makes the least errors will win, which is not... Nostradamus or anything that's <laughs> pretty pretty insightful, isn't it? So you said it would be tight between Raiders and Eels and tight between Sharks and South. So are you saying tight. you saying to put a little two leg <laughs> field goal ball <laughs> team? Oh, <laughs> Shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> He's trying. He's got to. We want, we want these people to come back, okay? <laughs> we don't want them to get into trouble so they never come back. All right, well, that's tipping for uh, finals week two. What do they call this one now? Elimination final? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I don't know what they call them anymore. I get lost in all these I can't keep track between the two codes. Week two. Week two of the finals. Week two of the finals. Ah, It's it's just unusual for us to have a rest, have this week off. No one we're in next week. It's great. I'm loving it. It's different talking like we've – We've had buys throughout the years and the seasons, but this is just uncharted. It's a great feeling. It is. It is. All right. Uh, shall we? Yes. Let's quickly bump that one out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the night. All thanks to our good friends at Fusion Networks for all your internet and computer needs. It is time for Pistols Multi. All right, quickly breeze through this one. Uh, last week we got so unlucky. We had the five-legger, and out of it, if Para had a one, we'd be four and a half grand richer. So, bad beat. This week, no Cowboys. So, we are taking a two-leg same-game multi Hudson Young, Sebastian Chris, anytime try scorers for the Raiders. We're going to go Muller Talu to cross the strip anytime for the Sharks against the Bunnies. And then we got a little six leg same game multi with Lions versus Geelong. <laughs> hey, this is look, Hipwood scores a goal. McStay always scores a goal. Charlie Cameron's great for two. Tom Hawkins will score two. Yeah, well, I agree with Lockie that. Lockie Neal will have 25 disposals or more. And Hugh McCluggage will get 20. That's, for, that's a safe. Six leg multi, all up. Power played 168 65 to one twenty on it. Thanks to Morgie at Fusion here, three thousand three hundred seventy three dollars and eighteen cents. I think this is the one. <laughs> I hope so. If you say it for twenty seven weeks, it's got to come <laughs> eventually. Our, hit, our hit rate's not too good. All those right, all of them. Yeah. Yep. So they're all one bet. 
Yeah, that's, that's all one bet. Unfortunately, we don't do it in halves. Yeah, right. yeah. Hey. luck. Three different, <laughs> three different games. The odds are short on that. We don't have a good hit rate. That is short compared yeah. to what we normally have. Yeah. Oh, okay. How What's our? How's our long term is sitting? We got out. We, we've got two long. Oh, we've got yeah, two long. You like this one, Tony. <laughs> we've, we've got two long termers. One that had faith in this club. We put them put them on at the start of the season. Um, so one was uh, Queensland win State of Origin, Cowboys to make the eight, Lions to win the grand final. So, so that one. That's that one life. pays twelve hundred. Still living. So that's going to pay twelve hundred if it comes first through. Long on Friday yep. night. And the next one is what's Queen? the pay? What's the, if we if we got out early? What is it at the moment? Ah, uh, sitting at uh, what is it's sitting like at seventy bucks? bucks 70, seventy bucks. Yeah. Okay, we put ten dollars on. That's a sixty buck. And, um, we've got a return. We've got a return. Okay. This is the big one. That's going to cover right. our costs. So this one was Queensland win Origin. Yep. Lions to win Grand Final. Yep. Cowboys to win Grand Final. Yep. It's still alive. It's still, so alive. still alive. Cash out's one twenty, but when that comes, you good. cash out. I'll punch in. The <laughs> I guess that one rides. Well, we never, we never cash out. We, we, never we need one out. win at least. Um, that one's going to be paying 12 k. Twelve k. So that'll co- that'll cover our costs to uh, get down to the GF. That, well, no, no, that'll cover our costs to get to Magic Round next year. That's oh, for good sure. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the same bet. I will win thirty five grand. How much did you put on it? Twenty one bucks. <laughs> yeah, that was all. That was all that was in your account. That wasn't was it? when. Yeah. That was just. That was before we played Broncos in round three. Yep. So we just come off that Raiders thirteen pluser. Went, we're going to do this. We are on. <laughs> I think we're paying eighty one to one at the time. So got odds. You do have odds. Yeah, it's very good. So we're almost done. Just a quick one. Um, I was going to put it to the boys. I hadn't put it to them yet. We're going to actually get a care package together to send to Gal. Um, with a whole bunch of jocks in it, would you be in on that one as well? Yeah, bloody yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. I just, just, <laughs> I just fool's gold too wrapped in there <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Oh yeah. Yep. Do you, I know you, you don't buy into the media and that kind of stuff, but do you do you ever really want, especially with where you where you are sitting at the moment, irrelevant of future outcome? Do you just want to pick up the phone and like ring people like you know, you know Corey Parker and all that kind of stuff and go, where are you now? Uh, not, no, not entirely. Know that Chad had a shot at Gal. Oh, he had a big shot at him. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I thought that's great leadership, really. Like, I know they're really tight mates, but um, Chad, Chad stood for what he believed in, and he had enough. And they're not going to get any one of our players on their show no. forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. They also have a job to do. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's been consistent. And it's rubbed a few of the lads up the wrong way. Does that shit you as well, knowing that before a ball's even been kicked, before even pre-season, Cowboys have already got the wooden spoon? Um, and then when we – sorry, I'll just keep on going for yeah. 20 seconds. Four we, then, we then win five in a row and, oh, I just need to see another bit of improvement out of the Cows. I'm not convinced on them mm. yet. Then we make the top eight and we seal it. I'm just still not convinced on the Cows. I think they're only making up numbers. Now we win the pre. We're into a prelim, and we beat Sharks. It was the worst of the finals games. It wasn't. Didn't mm. quite have. It. Does that just? Because it irks me. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I don't get too caught up in it, and I don't use it as motiv- motivation. But it's bloody satisfying when we win. Yep. Yeah. So. Nah, that's good. I just, yeah. I still think we need to do that care package. So all all our ranchers out there, by all means, um, we'll find he's out. He's wearing Gus's underpants. Is that right? Yeah. Apparently for he's going to. I think it's for ten. And I think he's actually going to come up here and do it if it happens. 
But he keeps changing it though, because it started off. He said he would eat eat Gus's jocks if we made the eight. No, nah, if yeah. we won the, it was always if we win. Was the it grand always the grand final? Yeah. Was it all? That's the nod. That's the that's the nod. <laughs> all right, the boss is in. He's talking. All good. All right, we've got our playlist, and uh, we'll smash through our songs for this week. Just get them out of the way. Uh, I've gone times like these from the Foo Fighters uh, to add to our playlist this week. And uh, what do you got, Pistol, now that you had to look over my shoulder yeah, to no, remember? No, no, I've got a Belter, good country song. Florida Georgia Line sings it, Cruise. Very good. All right. Uh, Frog. I went, uh, do you want to get funky by CNC Music Factory? Just, just, <laughs> just a little bit poppy, you know? Just want to, you know, just, just to pep it up. Sure. Yeah. Okay. A couple of these are already on the playlist today, by the way. I've already put them Oh, in. you've already added them on already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple okay. of them, yeah. Um, Morgs. I've stuck to the theme. I've gone Don't Stop Believing by Journey. <laughs> Very I like good. It. I like it. Yep. And Todd, anything? Um, I watched the Elvis movie on the way down to Sydney on the weekend, so I'll go Elvis if I can dream. Ooh, okay. I like that. All right. I like that. That's, first, that's the first Elvis we've got on there. I'll tell what? you what, Bear threw some interesting choices yeah, at Bear's us. Bear's a, he's, he's a connoisseur. He's a connoisseur. He, yeah. he likes to buy vinyl records. Yeah. He'll find out shops. Seek out shops, whether in Melbourne or Sydney, and yeah. comes back with a bundle of goodies. He's a he loves the Beatles. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, we got that towards the end of the pod mm. when he was on, and yeah, uh, yeah you, you wouldn't pick it. Well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick it. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't pick it either. So no, no I, know, I know he likes to play the old uh, longer extended versions for the boys when they're doing their recoveries <laughs> and stuff like that. He told us that story, and I was going, "I'm so glad I don't play." <laughs> All right, one last question for the coach: uh, best way. Uh, for the community and fans to support the club and the team, and is there anything in particular you'd want the fans to know? Um, I think I've said a fair bit about our group. I just want them to know how much, how what quality we have of humans. Um, I said that playing for our jersey means something for them. Um, look, I'm happy for our, for our people around town to come and talk to our lads and give them how they're feeling about we've done or what we're about to do you know again it's just so important for our guys this is the best time of the year and they get to see how much it means not only to um, their, their families and their teammates but again the rest of the community and that's one of the best parts I like living about living up here um, and then try and get your hands on a ticket yeah the prelim <laughs> yeah. and fingers crossed there's some tickets available the week after for the right team that's right. D- don't forget, everyone, too, if you didn't already know, and I'm sure you all do by the time this comes out, open training session on Friday. It's the open training session Friday? Yeah. Correct. Yep. yep. So you can head on down. There's prime time to go down there and support the boys and just share the love. And um, I understand it's open, but there's no signing or anything. No. Yeah, it's yeah. correct. correct. That's okay, though. Is yeah, that like a that, bubble That was protocol? on me. That okay. was on me because we had Griffin Neem who come down with a stomach bug that's part of the reason we didn't get a lot of minutes on the weekend. Yep. But we want to eliminate any risk yep. around infection for the group. And yeah. COVID's still, it's around. still around. Still yeah, around. You know? And and that that call was, was on me. Um, so I apologise, but... Oh, no, that's... Don't, don't apologise for that, mate. Like well, we'd rather see you out on the field than... Yeah, yeah and so would I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. But you can still get down there and cheer them on from the, you know, it's a, it's a great setup down there. If you haven't been down there or haven't paid attention to it when you have gone to a game, it's a great setup there players, for the training. Players field. enjoy that. They really do. They enjoy so. people coming and watching, and they'll always go over and say good day. Um, yep. 
that this mass mass interaction won't be happening. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's enough. totally understandable too. I reckon. And you'll carry that through onto the prelim, like no interaction after the game with fans as well. Or if yeah, obviously yeah, if we win and we do the lap of honor, or oh, they've been encouraged to be smart in what we do. Yeah. You know, we'll go and thank the crowd, but selfies and cuddles and stuff like Maybe that. Maybe not crowd surf up, but yeah. up to yeah. pee. But who knows, <laughs> bit of emotion, you don't know what's going to happen. Nah, but that's yeah. right. All right, well, we might wrap it up. Jeez, uh, thanks uh, a massive amount for uh, giving up your time with your, obviously with your family. Yeah, thanks. Um, to, to give time to us. Uh, we've, we've been chatting for two hours yeah, uh, it's been if not longer worth so. every minute of it too. So thank you very much, Toddy, for coming in, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. All the best for this weekend, and oh, sorry, next weekend. It's just automatic. <laughs> it's, uh, it's only a week away. So yeah, um, I think I think probably everyone is is riding riding with you uh, this week, next week. Bloody hell, next game, next game. Next game. There we go. So yeah, watch you um, cut that in. <laughs> <laughs> watch me. All right, no, thanks very much, and uh, yeah, go the Cowboys. Go the Cowboys. Go the boys. Beautiful.